This is season four of Sadie's Divorced and Happy Podcast, where I talk about life after divorce with a playful perspective. Are you ready to turn the D in divorce into daring discoveries, decadent delights, and delectable desires? Then don't delay. Join me for today's episode. It's time to indulge in your delicious new life after divorce. It is Wednesday and we are together again on season four. I am so excited about today's episode, but I have to ask, (laughs) did you spend a lot of time last week looking for hotties and gray sweatpants? I'm going to confess I did. I was looking for the hotties after Jay Bliss shared that spicy fact about himself, because that is one thing we're doing a little bit differently this season. The guests are sharing spicy facts. And if you did not listen to last week's episode, It was a laugh out loud fun talking about all the stupid shit we've done after divorce. There's just so much. So definitely treat yourself. All right. Today's indulging topic was inspired by a Wonder Woman reel. A reel is like a 10 second video on social media. Anyway, I dropped this reel back in July. It was this simple video that got millions and millions of views, like over 6 million views, thousands and thousands of likes, and all of these incredible comments from primarily women. And I'll share more about why that reel was so special in just a minute. But I will say the women who responded to this reel, they had this one thing in common, and that was this. They felt on top of the world after divorce. They were leaping into their new lives with such such excitement and passion and fearlessness. And it was, it was amazing. Their energy totally reminded me of how I felt right after divorce. Have you felt this way since divorce? Maybe you're feeling this way right now. Maybe you really want to feel this way. Well, today's guest, she's an author. She's written three books. She's a global keynote speaker. She's an award-winning podcaster. Her name is Andrea Owen, and she is going to share with you how you can harness all of that unstoppable energy after divorce and create this incredible transformation and come out on top of your life after divorce. I know. I got to chill. I'm feeling this episode. It's kind of like one of those amazing desserts that you see at a restaurant and you just are waiting for it because you know it's going to taste even better than it looks. That's going to be today's episode. All right, let's get this podcast Wednesday started with Andrea's two spicy facts. Two spicy facts. I have been waiting for these two spicy facts. Andrea Owen, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm so good and so excited to be here. <laughs> I'm excited for you. I've been I've been uh, earnestly waiting for this chat because I know by the end of it, we're all going to be like, ah, ready to do everything <laughs> and anything and all the things after divorce. So. Appreciate you. Okay, but first of all, what are these two spicy facts? You know, it's funny as I kind of agonized over these because I don't want to be too explicit. (laughs) Go for it. The things I thought of were I'm like, oh, people just met me. Like, let's (laughs) let's not take all of our clothes off on the first date. So here they are. The first one is that I am I'm getting an entire sleeve done at 48 years old uh, or a full tattoo on my right arm which I've been thinking about for years and I have the appointment and it starts this coming Friday as we're recording this. 
So that's super exciting. And Any then the second thing is, is, to is what that's going to be about, or is it top secret? Till they are all the super reveal. meaningful to me. That's okay. why it's taken so long. The first one I'm having as I, I head into this last leg of parenting, my daughter's going to be 14 on Friday. It's a, it's like a mother and child one. And then I'm having a huge Raven on my shoulder. That's going to take up most of my arm and then some Magnolia flowers and skulls and Lilith and a lot of fun things. So that's one. And then the second one is that, and I know we won't talk about this a lot because I'm in the mud with it, but I'm going through my second divorce and in doing so I'm having like a complete transformation and awakening uh, sexually is one again in my late forties, this is happening. And my friends the are like, girl, you need real. to write a book that about this. Sexual surge is real Ooh. in your forties. And sex aside, I'm having a career pivot too. So I'm going back to grad school and it's a whole new world. You know, I read in your bio that you're also a hellraiser. I am. I, I always have been. One little yeah. snippet about what does that mean to you being a hellraiser? I've always been the kid. I, even as a child, I was the one who wanted to talk about things that nobody wanted to talk about. You know, it's like there's an elephant in the room. You know, can we please all just say that there's an elephant in the room? You know, and as a Gen Xer, right. we typically didn't grow up in houses where that was encouraged. Allowed, correct. Yeah. So then I grew up to, you know, I started a blog way back when, and I was like, oh my gosh, there are other people who also like to talk about hard things and the truth, even it's un uncomfortable and upsetting. So that's, that's how I describe my hell raising. We met because of a reel and I'm going to set yeah. this episode up with that backstory. So back in July, I dropped a simple reel. It was of Diana Prince a.k.a. Linda Carter, who plays Wonder mm -hmm. Woman, transforming into Wonder Woman. And all I wrote with that reel was your transformation after divorce. And it just blew up. It immediately mm -hmm. went viral. So many comments, so many likes. It's had over 5 million views. And it just really, for me, it was like, wow, women are feeling unstoppable after divorce now what? Like, how can I support that? Because I remember mm -hmm. feeling that way five years ago when I was just wrapping up my divorce and so ready for the next yeah. chapter. You know how ready you are. So I want to know from you, because you and I have talked before this interview, and I know you understand this un unstoppable energy, and you've talked about it a lot throughout mm -hmm. the years with your career because you're a public speaker and an author. So what can women really do with that energy? to change their lives and come out on top, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I'd well, love I, you to start a little bit with your personal story before you share okay. about how the listener can do that. Sure. And I mentioned that this, you know, I'm, I'm in the weeds, I'm in the mud, so to speak, in my second divorce. So I was married before and, you know, to someone I met very young, we got married. And it, I also want to say that during that divorce. We didn't have any children together. We didn't even have any assets together. So it was a clean break in terms of logistics. Emotionally, it was messy. He had had an affair with our neighbor and got her pregnant right when we were planning to conceive our first child. And we'd been together for 13 years at that point. And, and Sadie, I was 30. So this was right around the time, like everybody's having babies. 
settling down where we weren't partying as much anymore. And it was humiliating. And I was so ashamed of where I had been. And so emotionally it was a, it was a disaster. I was a disaster. And, you know, as I am, as I am in now my second divorce, where we, we have children, we have assets and liabilities and all these things that make logistically divorce really challenging or can be really challenging. I am handling this as hard as it is. I'm handling this with so much more grace than I did my first divorce. So I, I I say that and I preface this story by saying that I understand what it's like to, to feel like you don't have a whole lot of coping skills to deal with the trauma of divorce very well. So if that's you, I see you, please have tons of compassion for yourself. It is not easy. And so I understand but both things can be true. You can also be devastated around what has happened, whatever your circumstances are. You can be really struggling to cope in a way that is graceful or kind or just healthy. And at the same time, feel excited about what's possible for you. And I think that's really where I was in my first divorce. I was a lot younger And I was not handling it well, but also there was a part of me that was like this little fire. It was a little campfire inside that was like, Ooh, like this is the beginning of the rest of your life. Like, Oh, you don't have to take care of him anymore. (laughs) No, you don't have to wear twofold. Right. I still think about that son in your orbit anymore. And that's what I had become. I mean, we didn't even have kids yet. Like I imagine if we'd become if it just would have been a it would have been a lot harder. But I had built my life around him and his life since I was 17. And I didn't know anything different. So there was a part of me that was like, what? what is possible for me? Like, oh my God. And I told you previously, like, I felt like I got shot out of a cannon. In other words, I, it's like the door, the barn door got kicked open in terms of what's possible for me, in terms of, you know, everything aside. And I want to just focus on like my own personal growth. I, that's where I felt like I got shot out of a cannon. I was like, oh, you mean I can decide how I want to show up in romantic relationships if I want to show up or not? Like, let's just start there. <laughs> right. You, wish call, you call more of the shots. You have that right. empowerment to really. There are so many options. In ways that maybe you didn't have them met in your marriage. You have so many Especially options. Especially the and bedroom I think, for me, which has been oh, 100%. so much fun. Speaking of being on top. But anyway, I digress. I, I had a sometimes. little bit of a hoe phase. And to yeah. be honest with you, I wish I would. I wish I would have been longer. I wish I would have done it longer instead of jumping into a relationship, which that's another story for another time, which I, I regret. I regret doing it so soon. However, I that's what I really want to kind of end this this story on is is. Do your best to have so much self-compassion during the time. And even if those of you who are listening who are out of it, you know, maybe you have some regrets of how you showed up or didn't show up or whatever. So much self-compassion for the woman that you were during that time and focus on that little campfire. Like what is possible for you? Because the sky is the limit. So that unstoppable feeling after divorce. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, I used it to travel. I used it to meet so many new people. How else can the listener use her unstoppable energy besides, you know, maybe going out and reinventing herself with her wardrobe or her hairstyle or because you talked also in that quote, you said you, you got shot out of a cannon and you took all that energy and you turned it into gold. And I want to know more about how the listener can, can do the same thing. Yeah. 
I also want to say that sometimes the unstoppable energy doesn't necessarily have to look like traveling or having a hoe phase or oh, buying exactly. a whole new wardrobe or changing exactly. your hair. Exactly. Like if you feel like you for the first time in your life need to put therapy first, because that was a big part of it for me. And, and when I tell that story, when I got divorced, when I was 30 was, I also felt like I, for the first time, had to take radical responsibility for my life. I'm going to tell, I'm going to briefly tell you what that looked like. I journaled like crazy during that time. And I've kept those journals and I'm so glad that I did because I can go back and like look at the progression that I was making, like mentally and emotionally, because I was writing out all of my feelings and what was happening. And you can watch me start to release control over other people because I was such a codependent. I put all of my happiness and fulfillment in other people basket, especially my romantic partner. And at the time it was my first husband. Like if he treats me well, and if the relationship goes as I want it to, then I was happy, which newsflash, it's yeah. <laughs> not a great way to live your no. life. So for me, it was a lot of journaling and so much self-awareness and just being present for my life, taking like radical responsibility for it. And that meant just standing still for a little while and like, oh, what are my patterns? What are what are my thought processes and beliefs about myself, beliefs about relationships, beliefs about money, et cetera, that are are setting me up for failure? So that to me, I think can also be your unstoppable energy is the inner work and then the outer work will eventually come. How did that happen for you? How did you I decided work- to become a life coach? <laughs> <laughs> Who's written three books? Which I laugh because the look on people's faces, Sadie, like when I told them, like my family and friends, they were like, you're going to do, you're going to do what? It was as if I had told them I was going to dress up as a clown and make clown balloon animals for my imaginary friends. Uh, Yes. I decided that that was what I wanted to do. I'd always, I've always been the consummate cheerleader. I dressed up as Wonder Woman so many in my Wonder Woman underoos as a child. Like you probably had them too. Like I knew it was my destiny. And so I little did I know that that was going to thrust me into the world of personal development, but it was it was weekly therapy. I also started going to codependence anonymous meetings and and reading self-help books to try to figure out what that was for me. And it led me to completely pivot in my career where then I have written three books. I'm on my fourth and fifth book. You know, I have a podcast with four million downloads like I now talk about my experiences and a lot of my failures with complete transparency so that other people will feel less alone alone. And so other people have some tools and strategies to change their own life for the better. What would be a couple of those tools and strategies that you've taught to your clients that you can share today? One of one of my favorites is just getting to know what your values are like. And I know that seems like kind of unsexy, but like, please just just go with me. Don't tune out. But this is the foundation of your life. Like, And I ask people the question, What's important to you? What's important about the way that you live your life? Is it important for you to, people get overwhelmed with that question too. So I also can ask it in in this way is what pisses you off? Like what will send you into like a total unique way of getting there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what 15 (laughs) years of life coaching will be. ways to get people to to see certain perspectives in their life but you know usually answering those questions and you can you can google it as well and there's tons of free exercises online about how to figure it out your values will change depending on the season of your life your values might be very specific if you're going through a divorce because it's a difficult time it's a transformational time it can be and so like right now my values are courage trust and responsibility and 
that that means very specific things to me. And so that's one of the things that I found out is foundational for people's lives if they feel lost or stuck, especially, or they're having a transitional time, like getting to the root to the bottom of what your values are can help point you in the direction that you were that you're really truly wanting to go, but just can't seem to find it. I've had a business for 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. And one thing I've learned that's helped me on this path to finding my gold is being stubborn. I am so stubborn, Andrea Owen. I am like, I will just not give up. Now that can be also, that can also not be, you know, the best thing. But my, my stubbornness keeps me going because it's like, yeah. I'm, I, you know, I'll fail. I'll, I'll figure it out and I'll keep going. Sometimes though, along that path of the 20 years to my business, I got really tired and I needed other people. How have you found people who've helped you? Because I think for me with my podcast, with my business, I know for sure I could not have achieved the things I've achieved without people wanting to help me out. You know, after divorce, how do you begin to, you say you have this dream, you, you have all this unstoppable energy, but you have a small network or your world is really small. And, you know, going through a divorce can be really isolating. So how do you get back out there and find people who want to see you win and be on mm -hmm. top? How did you do that? And how would you recommend the listener do that? This answer is going to shock everyone. I'm sure it's something that they've never heard before. And that is that you have to ask. <laughs> see, I love asking. <laughs> no, let me, I'll, but not I'll everybody explain. feels comfortable doing that. You know, right. I'm kind of okay. a weirdo that way. I'll, I'll just, it's a that. bigger, yeah. And I do think that there are some attributes that people have that are just in their DNA. I think you and I are similar in this way. Like uh, what you just described as stubborn, I would describe it as scrappy. That's okay, scrappy. Sure. Scrappy. Stubborn. And it's, you know, it's having grit. It's having perseverance. It's also having resilience. Like that's kind of all mixed into one crock pot. And I think it's great to have, especially as an entrepreneur, because entrepreneurship is not for everyone. But I also think that a lot of those things can be learned through just keep having accountability. Maybe it's a coach, et cetera, et cetera, which brings me to, to how to answer your question better is asking. Yes. But I think that even if you have, have a small network or live in a small town or really truly struggle with vulnerability, which that's what that is, it's 2023 and the internet has changed the game completely. Like LinkedIn is amazing for, especially for, for networking LinkedIn's it's not the same LinkedIn that it was in 2013. Like it's not your grandma's LinkedIn anymore, you guys, like if, if you're not on LinkedIn. But even Facebook, like Facebook is the, the groups over there, just the social media in general, like emphasis on the word social, you, but you, it's still the vulnerability part will never go away. And I think that's really the crux of the problem where people stop short and they don't ask, like they know your listeners are smart. They know that the answer to the question is you have to ask, you have to put yourself out there. And the scariest part is that inevitably someone is going to judge you. Someone's going to be disappointed in whatever decisions you've made or that you're divorced or whatever. Uh, someone's going to say no. Someone's going to not respond at all. Like I guarantee you all of those things are going to happen and it's going to hurt your feelings. It is going to make you doubt yourself. It is going to do all of these things that we worry about that make us not ask. So you have to, at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, like, which is worse? Not asking at all and getting the same result that you're getting, like the loneliness, the not moving forward, the no progression, feeling frustrated, all of those things, or 
just staying stuck. Like both outcomes are crappy, but at the end of the day, like if you ask, if you put yourself out there, eventually you're going to get a yes. Eventually you're going to find the right network of people, the right person. Cause sometimes it just takes one person to help you. And then you're going to eventually get the result that you want. And I think also one thing that I've learned along the way doing a podcast, because so much of this is virtual. I've never met mm-hmm. you. I've never mm-hmm. been, met most of my guests. A lot of the followers, clearly I've met them in person, but there's connection. Like there is yeah. deep connection. I have some of my closest friends I've never physically met, but we talk all the time. Yeah. And it's because of divorce. Like through divorce, I've met these men and these women who've become my people. So I, you know, for the listener, I really want you to know that these type of connections, these virtual connections that you're making, like Andrea said, on the internet can really get you to your gold. They will. They will. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, will. absolutely. Are you looking for more support after divorce? If you like experiencing new things and meeting like-minded people, then join the Divorced and Happy Meetup group. We have fun get-togethers every few months and there's no fee to join. Presently, there are meetup groups in the Twin Cities, Chicago, and Denver. Look for the links to the groups in my show notes and visit divorcedandhappy.net for more information. You talked about having courage. How would you connect courage and confidence? Oh, they're inextricably connected. So courage, the misconception I think that happens a lot about confidence is people think that they have to get it before they take action. And that's not how it works. Research tells us this, this is not how it works. So to be clear, confidence is the feeling, is the knowing that you can do something. You know, I have confidence that I can show up to this conversation with Sadie and be articulate and spread the message and be of value to her listeners. I have that confidence, not because I woke up one day in 2009 and decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to kill it in interviews. Like, no, I listened to some of my first interviews. I'm like, that was embarrassing. It is because it's the taking of the action that allows you to gain the courage or the confidence. It's the mastery of certain tasks. It's the resilience that you get from trying and failing too, because you're not always going to kill it. And so the courage comes first is to have the courage to take the action and also not have your head up your ass and think you're going to kill it every single time. It's also about knowing like this might turn out really bad. You know, it's the same thing with marriage. We we all, we all get married. I mean, I think most of us, 99% probably take our vows and think like, this is going to work out forever. Like we don't get married thinking, well, this is going to end in divorce, like probably. But even though statistics tell us that it's most likely going to do that. I think more of us would sign prenuptial agreements. If we Side note, wish I would have. But I, I think that it's the courage that gets you to the confidence. I, I know that it is. And courage is also one of those things I think that people don't put on their values list or strive for because they think, again, it's like one of those inherent qualities. It's like, no, 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 no. This is aspired. Like we, we, it's a muscle that you must flex and put the reps in in order to have more of it. And how do you have a lot more fun with all of this? Because I mean, one thing I also Hang out with learned, me and you. <laughs> yeah. I've learned after my divorces, oh my God, chill the fuck out, Sadie. Like have some fun. You have just been through hell. Like you, you know, I've been so driven my whole life for a variety of reasons. One is because I, you know, I had parents that would see me when I accomplished things and they wouldn't necessarily see me when I didn't. And now I accomplish Mm -hmm. things for myself and for my own happiness. And so I just also want the listener 
to have some fun with all of this, right? Like, come on. I mean, how do you have fun with this? I know you do. You hellraiser over there. (laughs) Yeah. And like, trust me when I tell you, like this second divorce that I'm going through is so much um, more difficult than I think me and my soon-to-be ex-husband ever thought that it would be. Like some shit has hit the fan and it's just been really difficult. And one thing that I have come to know, you know, my father passed away in 2016, which he was the first person that I'd ever lost in my life. I was 41 at the time. And, you know, and going through my first divorce and going through some difficult things as, as one does by the time they get to their forties, I have learned that having both joy and grief, holding those things at the same time is imperative to just be able to survive. I think sometimes we think like, I can't have both at the same time, maybe not in the same moment for everyone, but like you have to have that at the same time, like you can still laugh and things like that. So that's one part of my answer is just understanding like how human emotions work. The second part is like, first you have to decide like what is fun for you. I think many of us, especially women in heterosexual marriages, tend to find ourselves in a place where we lift our head up and we're like, what do I even want? Right. What do I even like? What do I even like? Mm -hmm. What's fun for me? Like fun (laughs) is something that we have not even thought about for years, sometimes decades. So I, I want to just acknowledge that if that's happening for you over there, where you're like, I don't, maybe like a movie, I, you know, just think I actually wrote a chapter about this, in my very, very first book that came out almost 10 years ago. And one of the things I said in it is start by thinking about the things that were fun for you as a child that you might not have ever thought about for a long time. It might be things like roller skating or jumping rope or um, hopscotch, like these very childish things. I'm using air quotes because it's important for anyone to play all the time. And I also, if you, if you're kind of judging yourself for just fun in general, or, or maybe it feels a little bit too childish. If you think about some things that we do as adults, like tennis, like pickleball, is like one of the fastest growing sports right now. That is literal playing. You're playing a game. You're playing a game. Oh, I love sex. I love clearly. I love it's games. playing <laughs> games all day yeah. over here. It's imagination fun. So- is your friend. Your imagination exactly. is your friend. I've known mm-hmm. that my whole life. And after divorce, wow, did I really take back that imagination? That I connect that to possibility. Don't you, Andrea? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if you 100%. can imagine the possibility. And then you can start finding those action steps. And we need to have that. I I (laughs) love that you said that, like that it's possibility and imagination. But I also just want to add this one more thing about playing is we need to play like it's good for our brains. It is great for creativity. It is great for social connection. It's great for like and also resting other parts of your brain that need to rest. Like it is so important for your mental and emotional health and many times your physical health. Yeah. And being unstoppable can mean that you just learn how to play more. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to write a book or, or mm-hmm. you know, start a new business. I mean, no, that's a, sounds, that sounds like exhausting a fun path to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the theme of this season is indulging. I love indulging and in all of the fun, delicious things. So what do you like to indulge in? Oh, what do I like to indulge in? I like to indulge in allowing myself to, you know, for a long time, and I'm sure maybe, you know, some of your listeners who are women have agonized over food and (laughs) calories and things like that. Now I just, I got through an autoimmune disorder 
which coincidentally, all of my symptoms went away when I decided to leave my marriage. So let's just put that up on the shelf. Isn't that fascinating? We'll just file that away. (laughs) Right. Magic, not magic, obviously. We're connecting the dots. We're all connecting connecting the dots. dots. Yeah. Yeah. So for two and a half years, I was, you know, just having to figure out food things and and things like that. But now I indulge and I'm mildly obsessed with the, um, the Giardelli chocolate squares with the caramel in them. Like, and now what I do is, this might sound so like elementary for people listening, but instead of just shoveling it in my mouth, I savor it and I'm like, I put it in my mouth and this is delicious. This is so good. So it's about being present for like my senses, which in many ways, just go with me here, can be like a spiritual experience. Oh, just allowing myself to enjoy this delicious piece of chocolate and it feels indulgent. And for someone who's really struggled with, you know, an eating disorder and like mechanical eating and, and things like that, that feels indulgent. That's very powerful. How do you, <laughs> how do you indulge in happiness? Oh my gosh. I think, well, deciding that I get to live my life on my terms, which is, is very different now that I am embarking on, you know, my second divorce. And I have also intentionally and consciously decided not to be in any kind of serious relationship for indefinitely, probably a very, very long time. When I got divorced the first time, you know, again, I was 30, I had turned 31 while I, we were barely getting divorced. And I was like, your girl needs to find a husband. Like that was it for me. That was the goal. And I found one and, you know, here I am again. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't want a husband. I've, I've tried it twice. Um, I, I just, I'm, I tell people, I'm like, I'm retired. I'm retired from wifing. I don't plan on coming out of retirement, but I just, it doesn't mean you, I'm girl. not going to date. I hear you. I bet yeah. the listener might be going mm-hmm, over there as well. Yeah. I still plan to date and get laid. I just don't, I'm intentional about my happiness. I mean, let's not get being, crazy now. Being by not. myself. <laughs> you and your sexual surge, girl. Right. <laughs> Do not waste that precious, unstoppable energy. But right. I love it. Yeah. So that's happiness to me. There was a quote that you gave me when we had our, in the world of podcasting listeners, called a chemistry call. Andrea and I had our little chemistry call. We're like, ooh, I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you. Speaking of dating. Yeah. I know, right? Ooh. Uh, you said, because we talked about Wonder Woman, of course, our little fantasy of being her. We are her in our own way. And you said, when I spin my Wonder Woman costume, I have no doubt that I'm going to come out on top. I mean, if I could just wave my little divorced fairy godmother wand over here, I would want everyone listening, everyone who's going through a divorce to have that belief that they're going to come out on top, that they are unstoppable. I think we all deserve that. Yeah. Part of our, what we get after divorce, we get to have whatever that means for us. Mm-hmm. being on top. I want to speak from a perspective that might be a little bit different from my own because I know that I was born with the optimism gene. I, I you know, I have I have notes from my tennis teacher from when I was 12 talking about like how much they love my positive upbeat energy. So I was I was born this way and I know that not everybody was. So I want to speak from that perspective for anyone who's listening who doubts that they're going to come out on top or wonders like, what if I don't? But I definitely have moments where I, and this is like, it's a trauma response where I've had an especially bad day going through this divorce or or some other thing gets thrown at me. And I have a fawn and freeze response when I'm in, in deep trauma. The good, the good news is that I notice it. 
you know, and I'm like, oh, there I am again, just like completely like withering and like backing up and sort of like, you know, and I, and I won't argue back. Like I won't push back. I won't set a boundary. And sometimes my friends notice it and they're like, this is, this is not like you, what are you doing? And then sometimes it takes me a few days to go like, oh, it was trauma response. Like that's what I was doing. So in those moments, what I have learned to do is to ask specifically, again, going back to what we were talking about with finding these particular, this network. And, you know, in this case, like really great friends to ask for what it is that you need. And what I have asked for as I walk through this divorce, and now they they know because it's become a pattern, I need them to remind me of who I am and what I am capable of. And also the, the positive outcome options, because I'll go into that like spinning, just like depths of despair. Oh my God, I am going to, I'm going to lose X, Y, and Z. I'm going to be destitute. And, and like, you feel like you're dying. Like not to sound dramatic, but it can feel like that. So I have asked my friends, can you remind me who I am? Basically I'm asking for a pep talk from them. And you, you, you get to kind of create whatever it is that you need from them. And my hope is that you have friends who will understand that's how you need to be supported. It's kind of like handing someone an owner's manual. Like, here's how you take care of Andrea. Here's how you take care of Sadie. You know, just like your, you know, my 2013 Highlander. I don't know how to change the air filter, but I looked in the manual and I figured it out. You have the option to do that. All right. I have one final burning question for you before we wrap up our unstoppable chat here. We could talk a long time. What color is your Wonder Woman cape, Andrea? I just really want to know. You can't pick red, by the way. You have to pick your own color. What color is your Wonder Woman cape? I would probably say green, just because green I is my favorite color. I knew you were going to say that. I, Did you? I, I swear to God, she's going to say, I, I didn't write it down, but I knew you were going to say green. My eyes are green and it's also the color of money, which I love. So it's green. <laughs> I would pick blue. I'm sure everyone's shocked by that. Blue would be my color. I, I look really great in blue. So that would be my second choice. <laughs> so listener, I want you to pick out the color of your Wonder Woman cape. And I want you to wear that color. I want you to wear it all the time. I wear blue all the time. All the time. Mm -hmm. I put yeah. my blue on. I feel like me. Amazing. I love it. I knew I'd love this conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your story and how you allowed yourself to have courage, confidence, and take all that unstoppable energy and come out on top. You're a gem, Andrea Owen. Thank oh, you so thank much. Thank you. I appreciate you. And I appreciate all the listeners um, for being here with us today too. Okay. I've been teasing you a little bit during this episode about being on top after divorce. So I'm not going to tease you anymore. Actually, it's it's the burning question segment of the episode. And we have a question about some bedroom activity after divorce. This question is actually from a divorced dad. This gentleman comes from Orlando, Florida. His name is Slade. Here is Slade's burning question. Hey, Sadie, uh, perhaps a little bit of a personal question, but just in terms of your first experience post-divorce, how different, how free, how unique was your first uh, sexual encounter after divorce with somebody else, someone different, somebody unfamiliar, and how did that spark perhaps like a sexual renaissance in terms of how you looked at things or how you even appreciated them post-divorce. All right. Andrea was telling the truth earlier in this episode. The sexual search is real. I had a big 
big sexual surge after divorce. So uh, I do not remember really my first experience because I came really hot out of the gate. I came in hot and it's all kind of a blur, which, you know, I'm okay with that. That's where I was at. But the one experience I do remember that was early, early on, it was one of those dates where you have brunch and then brunch leads to lunch and playing pool and having drinks and having dessert at my place, wink, wink. And I was so ready for some sex. I was so ready to rip this guy's clothes off that I just, I came on a little strong and I, I, I think, I know actually I overwhelmed him. I was a little much for him, which he basically said. And initially I felt a little embarrassed by that or a little, you know, they use the word shame, I guess, but I bounced back pretty quick and figured out that I had to date younger for a while. So then I started dating men like 10 years younger than me and they loved my energy. It was working out for a while. I dated younger guys and we had lots of fun, so much fun. That was a good time. So if you are in that stage, I'm cheering for you. Enjoy it. Enjoy that surge. Enjoy that renaissance. I'm not quite I'm not quite in that stage anymore, but I definitely enjoy out-of-the-box fun in the bedroom, and I always will. So thank you for your question, Slade. Now, I bet you might have a question for me. This is kind of fun, right? I want you to go to my website, divorcedandhappy.net. I want you to scroll down the homepage till you see me, and what? A caution tape dress, I know. And follow the instructions and leave your burning question, and then I can answer it in the next episode. And Slade, look in the mail because I'm going to send you something. It's not going to be kinky, but it's going to be it's going to be fun. So look in the mail for your little something something. Well, after that extra juicy burning question, it's the perfect time to give you a clue about next week's episode. I'm especially excited about next week because we're going to do something we've never done before on the podcast. Here's the clue. Bring a glass for toasting. Bring a glass for toasting and also follow along on social media at Sadie's Divorced and Happy because Mike and I are giving you more clues on Monday and Tuesday of next week. I want to thank Andrea Owen again for being such an inspirational guest. And I want you, friend, to enjoy being on top after divorce. We'll catch you next week. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. And be sure to treat yourself by subscribing to the podcast. If today's show gave you a boost, consider giving us some love with a five-star rating and an enticing review. Interact with Mike and me all season long on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Pinterest at Sadie's Divorced and Happy. Looking for an affordable and effective way to market your services and products? Consider sponsoring the podcast. Email contact at divorcedandhappy.net to learn more about our sponsorship opportunities. Join us next Wednesday for more delicious life after divorce fun.